From GreenBiz Group, welcome to Center Stage, the best of live interviews from GreenBiz events. I'm Joel McCower. We have to actually take carbon out of the air. So carbon removal, which has been around for a long time through CCS and through other uh, enhanced oil recovery, other practices, is now planting trees takes carbon out of the air. I mean, it's been around a long time. We need to actually do that. We now know from the modeling it's necessary no matter what else we do. That was Kate Gordon, senior advisor at the Paulson Institute. She sat down with me along with Julio Friedman, senior research scholar at Columbia University, and Charlene Russell, vice president of Low Carbon Solutions at Occidental Petroleum, to talk about a new carbon economy. We discussed the promise of a carbon market and the potential for carbon as an economic driver rather than an environmental enemy, and how that seems closer and more necessary than ever. Let's listen in. Well, let's get into our first panel. We're going to talk about the new carbon economy. Now, I think most of us have had some familiarity with the old carbon economy, and uh, I think what, that's part of what, uh, why we're here, is to sort of look at what's next. And, and we've got uh, Charlene Russell from Occidental Petroleum, AKA Oxy, um, and from the uh, Paulson Institute and Ridge Lane, it's Kate Gordon. And from, uh, what's your affiliation now? Columbia, Columbia. University and formerly uh, Lawrence Berkeley, uh, Lawrence Livermore Lab, and the Department of Energy, uh, Julio Friedman. Um, so, Kate, let's start with you, just uh, sort of a level set. Uh, we talk about a new carbon economy. What is that for you? So we know from most recently the IPCC report that just came out last week and from a lot of other things before that, that to get where we need to get with climate, stopping, slowing down climate change, we need to do several things, right? We need to do the decarbonization stuff that a lot of this conference is about and we've all been talking about. We need to electrify what we can in transportation, in the electricity sector, obviously. We need to use renewables where we can. We need to be more efficient. There is a set of things, though, beyond that, which is really what we're talking about, which this report lays out, we have to actually take carbon out of the air. So carbon removal, which has been around for a long time through CCS and through other uh, enhanced oil recovery, other practices, is now planting trees takes carbon out of the air. I mean, it's been around a long time. We need to actually do that. We now know from the modeling it's necessary no matter what else we do. And so all of a sudden, a lot of people are focusing their attention on what is this set of things that's carbon removal? And the one thing I'll say about it is that, um, that people have different ideas about what that is, but honestly, it's a real range of things. I mean, it is everything from planting a tree, afforestation, reforestation, better practices in agriculture, all the way through to what I hope we'll get to talk about a little bit, which is you know, engineered solutions like direct air capture actually taking carbon out of the air putting it underground, or using it for interesting, new, innovative things. So we've been hearing about this for a long time, and, and you mentioned the CCS carbon capture sequestration. We'll talk to Charlene about that in a minute at Oxy, but uh, the, the, the short answer on all the stuff is that, yeah, it's, it's science fiction, it's expensive, it's nothing that we can do uh, in any economical uh, or cost-effective way. Uh, is that still the, the answer, or is this changing? I mean, I know both of these guys will talk more about this, but it's, it depends on which technology you're talking about. I mean, I think it really is changing. For, for instance, you know, people are already doing the forest practices and ag practices stuff because it's literally giving them a benefit. I mean, they're getting more yield out of their soil because of these practices. They're selling, tribes in Idaho are selling into the California offset market because of these practices. 
Um, CCS and enhanced oil recovery are absolutely economical because you're creating value. And more and more, and Julio, I'm sure we'll talk about this, we're seeing people actually doing direct air capture and taking that carbon and doing interesting things with it that do have value. And so the presumption here is that this is increasingly a business, yeah. a, a business opportunity of some sort. Yeah, well, and particularly as prices on carbon happen all over the world. I mean, 20 countries, 40 jurisdictions have prices on carbon now. They're getting higher and higher. Things like the low carbon fuel standards are setting prices. 45Q in the tax bill is setting prices. These are giving people new opportunities to get value out of these practices that didn't exist before. Well, let's turn to, to Oxy, Occidental Petroleum, an oil and gas company. Mm -hmm. What is the new carbon economy mean for you? Thank you, Joe, for having me here today. Uh, the uh, Occidental Petroleum has used uh, CO2 as a commodity for nearly 40 years now. We inject it into the ground to reinvigorate mature oil fields, the production in those fields. And an inherent uh, part of that process is that the CO2 is stored safely and permanently in those fields. And we currently have the capability to store about 18 million metric tons a year. And can can you put that in some perspective in terms of, of what that's equivalent to or how much it's, of your it's, footprint it's that about, is? It's about the, it's equivalent to the emissions of about 4 million passenger cars a year. So it's significant, but, the, but it can grow significantly. And the opportunity here is for us to aggressively work with emitters in many sectors, whether it's in the power uh, or industrial sectors, to capture their CO2 and put it in the ground. And this is a very effective way. The carbon capture and storage technologies, whether it's utilization or storage, are very effective ways to be able to carbonize the oil and fuels markets. So your CEO, Vicki Holub, uh, talked about Occidental Petroleum being the first emissions neutral oil and gas company. I guess my question is, really? <laughs> sure. Uh, and it's a pleasure working with Ms. Hollow. She has a lot of courage and a great leader. Um, yes, if the amount of CO2 that you can put in the ground with carbon capture, utilization and storage, car carbon capture and storage, can be equivalent or more than the amount of CO2 that can be emitted from that oil that it produces. So just so we get some boundary, you're talking about the exploration and extraction? Are you also talking about the refining, delivery, and combustion? Or what, what part of that is going to be neutralized? The, the part that is neutralized is the part where you actually uh, capture the CO2, the, the energy around that, the energy to transport it, put it in the field, and then utilize and consume that barrel of oil. Actually, consume and, uh, to consume that barrel of oil. Yeah. And uh, Kate mentioned briefly this thing, 45Q. It's a tax mm -hmm. credit that was actually signed uh, in, uh, was it an omnibus spending? Uh, the tax, omnibus budget it was the bill? tax yeah. bill. It was yeah. in the tax cuts. The tax cut, yeah. part of the tax cut. Uh, just uh, what is 45Q? What does that do? How are you using it? Yeah, we were very proud to be able to support support that legislation. Uh, what does it do? Well, with 45Q uh, and improvements in captures technology and the fact that enhanced oil recovery or the process that we use can add a value to that CO2, what it does is it makes many projects viable, economically viable, and we intend to aggressively pursue those. Yeah. So Julio, they're talking about this being more of increasingly viable mm -hmm. market. Is this, uh, um, is this a market like we've seen before with 
uh, renewables in general or, or other technologies that we've brought along with some tax credits till they became self-sufficient? Or is, is, is that what this is here? There's some parallels for real. And the, the primary challenge in this is that in carbon, the question is, what are you making? If you're just capturing and storing, a lot of people are like, well, that's not really a market. With renewables, you're creating electrons and you're selling them. And so there's right. a product for sale. That's one of the reasons that gets me up in the morning is increasingly people are looking at carbon dioxide and making stuff out of it. It's already the case that Occidental Petroleum has figured out how to get value through extra production that's decarbonized. But uh, this 45Q tax credit actually puts a price on it, $50 a ton for storage, $35 a ton for EOR, and you can get paid through the tax break. But increasingly, people are looking at this new carbon economy and say, we want to create a world in which we emit less than we take up. We want to actually be restoring carbon from the air and oceans into products for sale. And there are now hundreds and hundreds of companies, many of them are represented here, that do that. Um, they take CO2 and they put it into cement and concrete. They take CO2 and they make fuels out of it. They take CO2 and make durable carbon, things like carbon fiber or carbon black, which is used to make tires. And this is not science fiction. A bunch of these companies are uh, selling products today. Others are sort of in their C or D round of financing where they're getting ready for growth capital. Um, but they're actually making stuff and they have credible marketplace. And in some cases, the product they make is cheaper than what's on the market today and performs better. Um, what is true, though, about what you said with renewables is it's going to take a while to get these things to the point where they're truly competitive in a market. And so we need additional policy support, things in addition to 45Q, which will help get us there. And that might be a procurement authority like Buy Clean California. There might be an investment tax credit. There might be tax-exempt debt financing. There might be uh, government mandates of some kind. But we actually, if you want to pull CO2 out of the air and oceans and build stuff out of it, it still needs public support to get down that cost curve to the point where they're truly cost-competitive in the market. And there's this whole, you mentioned some of it, there's this whole other universe of not, not just offsets, but onsets and insets yep. and maybe resets, I don't know. Talk a little <laughs> bit about what, what all those are. Right, so a lot of people in this audience are actually familiar with what offsets are, and if you go to United Airlines, you can buy an offset, and that's fine. And an offset is an attempt to undo some kind of an emission. Uh, there are challenges with the offsets markets. There's questions about the materiality of them, the additionality of them, all these things. But they play a valuable role. Among other things, offsets have been used to create a bunch of renewable energy projects around the world, have captured methane from dairy lagoons, this sort of stuff. We need to go beyond that, though, and the 1.5 degree report that Kate mentioned underscores that. And so there's two other ways to think about them. One of them is instead of an offset, how about an onset? You take CO2 out of the air and oceans and put it on the surface of the Earth. That's basically what the California uh, afforestation plan and carbon markets do today. But if you wanted to take biochar and put it in the soil, that's an onset. And you can quantify it, and you should be able to trade it. And that's actually more robust and more meaningful than many offsets. And so it should have an additional value. You can also do something called what I call insets, where you take CO2 out of the air and oceans and put it in something, either deep in the earth or in the product like cement and concrete. So carbon, uh, right. concrete. Concrete. Concrete is a good example. Concrete and there's companies example. like Shoes, Solidia bikes. and Carbon Cure and other things that actually take CO2 out of the air and oceans and put it into cement and concrete where it's lasts a long time. Nike is actually pulling CO2 out of the air and oceans and they're putting it into plastics and they're printing yeah. shoes. Yeah. And so you're putting it in a shoe. That's gonna be durable, it's gonna be long lasting. And there is a place in Iceland where they pull it out of the air and oceans and just store it forever. 
And those guys are actually, they have a, a social media buzz going right now. They had 1,000 stories last year, and they have an offering. Yeah. They're going from 50 tons a year to 2,500 right. tons Kate. a year, and people can buy in. Kate. Just really quickly on this, one of the things that I think is really interesting, I've done a lot of work in China through the Paulson Institute, and the idea of countries like China and India with the huge amount of urbanization that they're going through and the amount of building materials that they're using, starting to look at the carbon life cycle of the products they're using in those buildings, whether it's you know, cross-laminated timber to replace steel, but increasingly carbon sequestering concrete is yeah. a real, it's an interesting possibility for those countries with strong climate goals that are also building a huge amount of stuff. So there's a real opportunity there, both from a policy perspective and a market perspective. One of the things we want to, we were talking about a lot this week and we talk about as a company and as a Verge community is, is creating a, a, a clean economy that works for all. So there, there's, is there a sort of environmental justice aspect of this? Is there a piece of this that, that, that brings in communities that maybe haven't been part of the carbon economy or new carbon economy in the past? I mean, one cool thing about direct air capture from, I mean, a lot of my work has been on the economic development side of, of energy. One cool thing about direct air capture is you can do it anywhere. When you're taking carbon out of the air, you can do it in literally any place, which means it's one of the few things that we are all talking about that's a potential rural um, economic development tool. And I think that's important uh, because we don't see a lot of that. Not just, not just a rural development tool, but also north-south. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been looking at places like Kenya, like Chad, like uh, uh, Ascension, which are actually good places to do direct air capture too, and could potentially be revenue streams for those guys. Yeah. And again, to Kate's point, the companies that take CO2 and turn them into products, a lot of that stuff is born modular, it's born distributed. Yeah. So again, you can park these things anywhere as long as they have access to cheap heat and cheap power, there's a pathway for these guys to create a new manufacturing base that's built out of the air. Yeah. Charlie, I want to go back to Oxy. Mm -hmm. Your board of directors uh, said it made it a priority to include consideration of greenhouse gas emissions and a lower carbon economy in our strategic planning. Uh, that's, I think, I don't think any other oil and gas company has done that, certainly not at the board level. What's driving that, and, and, and who is your audience for that? Because you, you, don't, you don't have uh, oxy, oxy gas stations, retail uh, presence. So uh, first of all, what's the internal driving? What's the external facing message? Sure. Well, climate change is all of our problem. We all have to address it, and we all have to do our part. And Oxy's do it in a way. We're addressing climate in a way that's effective for our organization. We have many stakeholders that rely on Oxy to be a sustainable and long-term economically viable organization. And the, we're doing many things, but we're focusing today in our discussions here on carbon capture utilization and storage, carbon capture and storage, and those technologies will enable us to thrive in a low carbon economy. Uh, I want to get to questions in a minute, but is the, you get pushback on this? Are you, is everybody, you know, say right on Oxy, or do you get, you know, like, how, how dare you, or any other response? You're, you're going to get, a, with any subject matter, when you're out in public, you're going to get the full spectrum of responses. But I had the privilege of being with some of our large shareholders recently, and they gave us some really great feedback on how we've been handling climate change and our climate actions. So everybody loves Oxy? 
I love Oxy. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> you, okay. you, definitely, you definitely will hear in rooms well, on this. I want, let me make another comment here. You know, the, the things that we're, we're working on, we're, we're not working on by ourselves. Carbon capture and storage, carbon capture utilization and storage, these technologies, we've been working with the Department of Energy, the Environmental Protection Agency, California Air Resources Board, all kinds of environmental groups and NGOs. It's not just an oil company out there promoting a technology for, for our own benefit. Yes, we're going to use it to make a viable organization long term to thrive, but it also addresses climate change. Yeah. Let's get a question or two in. Uh, Elaine? Yeah, so we got this question via Twitter ask questions. Um, what's the best first step that companies um, or other organizations can take to start building a new carbon economy? Yeah, where do you begin? First step. Julio, you want to take Julio? Yeah. Right, so I, this is part of the reason I'm so excited to be at Verge, because a lot of those companies are here. I'll tell you right now, these guys are not actually technology limited. And they could use more policy, and there's things you can do in the policy arena, but really these things are cash limited. All these companies need investment and they need customers. So if you're a company, let's say you're Ikea or you're Adidas, you can start buying this low carbon stuff. Apple has made this announcement recently where they said in the future, they're gonna look at their entire footprint of their entire supply chain. That creates opportunities for companies like the ones I've talking about to sell to those companies. And so they can start having RFIs and start getting bid packages out there and saying, hey, in 2020, we're gonna change our business. That's a way for companies to get into this. And for investors to get into this, there are people out there who want very much to build a new carbon economy, to pull CO2 out of the air and oceans and make something valuable out of it, whatever it is. And so there's no shortage for investment opportunities. Really what you need to do is you need to spend some time, educate yourself a little bit on this space, and then start figuring out what look like promising bets as things like the 1.5 degree report change people's opinions, and as policy in California, other states, the country, around the world start to shift. A quick, another quick question? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting questions from all over the place um, in terms of, I mean, this is a really heady topic, so it's hard to demystify, but this is about what Julio commented on related to carbon insets and onsets. Mm. Um, and you were saying you see insets as, um, and onsets as more effective than offsets. Um, does this account for emissions related to the production of the inset, onset, or sorry, onset inset products? Wow. Oh, yes. Let's be clear about that. All these things need to have a real life cycle on them. Let me say most offsets don't. That's a challenge. There's double counting in the offset world as well. Part of the value of offset of onsets and insets is their one-time counting, one-time life cycle easily verified, which is part of the reason they should be more valuable. But I would also say, look, You've got a direct air capture technology out there. It's pulling CO2 out of the air. It has the footprint of one tree. It does the carbon removal work of 36,000 trees. So that actually has some real value to it. A lot of people come to this from the question that you asked, like, can you put that in terms of like cars from the road or something like that? When we're talking about carbon, there's kind of not a metric that people typically use. So I like to use trees, because everybody knows what a tree is. Mm -hmm. And so if you start thinking about the work of trees, how many trees do you need to plant? How, many, how much work does it? soil do compared to trees, it helps reframe the thinking in a way that's 
easily tractable, easily quantifiable. But if you have to have that life cycle work. It's essential to right. a good outcome. So we talked a little bit, you mentioned this, Julio, that some new policies that are needed. And really, in any of these things that we're talking about, almost all these things on, at the Verge stage, we're talking about technologies, policies, and finance, yeah. or mm -hmm. the market mechanisms. And uh, I'm gonna, I want to ask each of you sort of what's needed to move this forward. And I know you're all going to say a price on carbon. So let's just stipulate that a price on carbon. No? We will stipulate to that, yes. <laughs> I won't. OK. All right. Well, maybe well, we're Well, and the reason why is because when we say price on carbon, we get fixated on things like carbon tax. What you need is to internalize the externality and create a market. And there's lots of ways to do that. OK. So market Including mechanisms. So well, price, Charlene, yes. what do you need to make this happen uh, further, faster? What would help um, is we need to and that's why I'm here, is to continue educating and communicating with all audiences. And there are audiences that we have not done a really good job of communicating with, and that's the financial sector. The financial sector needs to know that there is a tremendous economic opportunity here, and we need the tech companies to understand. The tech companies use a tremendous amount of power and, and fuel in their transportation systems that carbon capture, utilization, and storage, and carbon capture and storage are viable uh, technologies to decarbonate, decarbonize those systems. Uh, Kate, let, what's yeah, your... Uh, a couple things. I mean, I, I agree about finance. I think that one of the reasons I personally am excited that oil companies are interested in this space is they have big R&D budgets. And I would like to see diversification of the oil companies into this kind of thing, which is basically you guys know geology and you know carbon. It seems like an obvious place to diversify. I would like to see more of that. But also, I really like these procurement and building standards that actually do life cycle analysis, like by Clean California. I'd like to see that happen all over the place, because we need to do that anyway. Julio, you get the last word. Yep, super short. There's one other thing that would help a lot, which is a bigger innovation agenda. We need to put more investment from federal research money into companies, into science, into technology, because as much as we have right now, and I'm very excited about what we have, we need a bigger boat. Bigger boat, bigger uh, uh, policy platform, uh, bigger stories and more stories to be able to tell. Um, I think you've just sort of teed up the rest of this conference. Please join me in thanking this great panel. You've been listening to Kate Gordon of the Paulson Institute, Julio Friedman of Columbia University, and Charlene Russell of Occidental Petroleum talk about carbon removal and carbon markets at the Verge 18 conference in Oakland in October 2018. For more Center Stage podcasts, go to greenbiz.com slash center stage. And while you're there, tune into GreenBiz 350, our weekly podcast covering the news and the people behind the news in sustainable business and clean technology. For all of us here at GreenBiz Group, I'm Joel McCower. Thanks for listening. <laughs>